Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, January 27th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Metallicus Live with Zach Anderson Petet from Money 2020 and Chris Miller, Head of Strategic Partnerships at Metallicus. Let's take a listen. Hey, hey guys. Uh, just adding Eric as a speaker and then we're good to go. Hey, Eric, are you there? Testing, testing, one, two. Can y'all hear me? Fantastic. We can indeed. Beautiful. How's the house of my quality? Oh, it's beautiful. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Glorious. Hey, Zach. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? I'm hearing you loud and clear. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just uh, just a day of podcasting in New York, and we're we're capping it off with you all. So I'm uh, I'm good. I'm glad we're finally able to reach to New York. Exactly. I mean, your your reach has been been interstellar for so long. Come on, you're doing much more than New York. Ah, you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's get started in a second. Just making sure everything's all tip top shape over here. Are we good on my side, guys? Yeah, it looks like um, we can hear you loud and clear. All right, let's go live. How are you doing, everybody? Welcome back to Metallicus Live. I'm your host, Eric Lyons, and I thank you all for coming with me today on this beautiful journey while we have Zach Anderson Patet, who is the current U.S. content director of Money 2020 and also the host of the For, For Fintech's Sake podcast. Zach, how are you doing today? Doing well, Eric. Doing well. Uh, just in New York, doing podcasts, running around, having fun. So doing well, man. Good to be here. Good to talk to you. It's been the last time I saw you was in San Francisco. So it's yeah, good to, good to hear your voice again. Likewise, likewise. It's been such a pleasure, man. Yeah, so much has changed. Um, that was back in, I believe it was like July, something like that. Some, I mean, I don't know, something, something along those lines. It was before October. That, that I am very keen, keenly aware of. I think it was a few months before show. So yeah, something along those lines. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're gonna get into that just a little bit. But speaking of October, that was, I don't know if um, everybody who's on here, if you're not familiar, October that that end of October period was the Money 2020 um, event down in Las Vegas where it's been monumental for us not only having a presence such as a nice interactive uh, podcast booth, a blockchain beach being shown out to all of the, the passer buyers and being able to listen into Marshall's keynote speeches, being able to drink a lot of different cold brews such as Marshall's uh, Malaysian blend and Arena's Indonesian blends. Um, and of course, grabbing some cool swag and t-shirts. But um, 
Zach, I gotta ask you. Monday 2020, that was huge. That was my first time going. But out of curiosity, what were those few days after that event like for you? After the event specifically, not before. After were, I mean, pretty much me being asleep, finally, was pretty much what that encompassed, man. So before before I got to Money 2020, I was, I basically just have been in fintech startups for my whole life. Um, so that encompasses a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of sprinting, a lot of different uh, inputs, a lot of different outputs, but I will say there is nothing that I've done in my life in startups or in banking or anything like that that comes anywhere close to putting on a show like Money 2020. So yeah, there were some some late nights and some really early mornings <laughs> leading up to the show. So, so the, the few days after the show was basically just me being in a an utter stupor, trying to connect sentences and words and make them into paragraphs, but not really being able to. So it was just a lot of a lot of sleeping and not totally being a human, but happy to report I'm a human again now. So that's good. We're glad to have you back. <laughs> back on the land of humanity. <laughs> so was this your first year yeah. as a contact director? Yeah, first year as content director. So I was at a banking as a service startup before. Um, kind of my only connection to the world of content beforehand is just having the podcast and kind of, you know, being a, being a FinTech nerd speaking in public. Other than that, I've never been in events or anything like that before. And how long have you been in the FinTech um, just world, just immersed into it? Uh, so I'd say my first, the first FinTech startup I joined was in 20, 12, 2011 or 2012, something along those lines. I was still in college uh, and joined a couple different little startups while I was there. Um, the first notable one was post that, though. The first notable one that I joined was my senior year in college. I joined a company called Bloom, um, which I know there are about 75 Blooms in fintech, so I will tell you which one. Uh, it was the one with three O's uh, that was actually a 401k robo-advisor. Uh, so it could manage 401ks across basically any any custodian. So if it was a principal, no matter where it was, we could manage it. Um, so that was kind of my first endeavor where we actually, you know, raised sizable rounds from reputable VCs and like did the actual thing, not just, you know, kind of kids in school thinking they're building companies when they're not really sort of a thing. Wow. Nice. And so how long have you um, been a part of your um, your podcast for FinTech's sake? Where did that come along? Yeah, for FinTech's sake. So it started, it was actually not, <laughs> hilariously, it really wasn't my idea, which I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that most podcasts are usually the idea of the person that starts them. Um, but it was actually the idea of my CEO at the bank that I was at at the point when I started it. So I was at a little bank in Kansas City uh, called NBKC, and the focus for NBKC was moving in the direction of fintech. So they had not necessarily like gotten into fintech beforehand, or not necessarily they'd done like tech oriented things, but this was like right at the beginning of the sponsor bank kind of wave, and we were coming in right as that wave started. So there was a need to get the world aware of this tiny bank in Kansas City, not tiny, tiny, but sub billion dollars in assets, not huge. Uh, so we started a podcast, but nobody was going to listen to a bank podcast with my CEO's opinion, which I think was very true. 
So basically one day we were flying back from a conference and he said, I'm tired of flying this much. Is there a way that we could actually get people to come to us? Uh, and that's where the podcast idea kind of started. And then it started to pick up steam. And uh, because of the fact that I, it was structured in a way where I owned it, not the bank, I was able to take it to two companies with me now. So I was able to take it from MBKC to Bond to now being at Money 2020. I still do it. So yeah, it's been probably about three, four years now. That's exciting. How's that journey been? Uh, weird, very weird. I would say um, it's <laughs> uh, it started as an ex as an excuse to ask people that should not give me any time uh, to get them to give me time. That is pretty much why I, I wanted to be able to interview people that really I had no business interviewing, and mm -hmm. I was trying to come up with outside of like the reasoning that I gave before that you know we wanted to put MBKC on the map. Like what it became for me after I started it was that was just here's an excuse for me to talk to the most fascinating people in the world that would not give me an hour if I just said hey could we chat you know that's they have a higher bar than that. Um, so I figured out pretty quickly that it's a really good kind of forcing mechanism for those conversations. Um, and that's really how it's kind of taken off. I mean, not that it's the most po popular podcast in the world or anything, but it does well. And, um, specifically in the world of FinTech, I think it's, it's one of the kind of more, I don't know. It's out, it's out of the ordinary, I would say, in terms of the world of fintech. We talk a lot more about the, the founder's history, a lot more about who they are than the technology or the you know balance sheet. So anyways, it's kind of taken off as a result of that. But it's really just been a, a labor of love. I like it. I like it. I took a listen to the last episode and I was at the edge of my seat. It's You just have a presence there. So well, Hopefully I can get to that point, but we're working there, man. Well, you guys, you guys are doing, you guys are doing real work. You guys are building a real company on top of it too. So, you know, there's, there's something to be said for that, for sure. Hey, a little inspiration goes far and I got, I got to get the flowers a little bit, you know? So there you go. Got to get the salute to you. Yeah. Now out of curiosity, especially since you, you've been doing the podcasting for about four years, um, you said that there's been a couple pivots. How has like the conversations um, slowly transitioned into Web three and blockchains within your um, your um, your podcast conversations? Yeah, so I would I would I would say that it's been very natural the way that it's kind of implemented itself and the way that it's kind of snuck in. Actually, I would say that, to be honest that it's kind of snuck in. I mean, there were there were obviously like at the points of the hype cycle and you know the crypto specifically being at a very potentially unreasonable level in terms of prices and things along those lines, like that's always going to draw some attention. I've kind of always tried to move back towards, you know, what is the actual use case here? What is the value? What is the utility? Um, but it doesn't always go that way. So I'd say there's been everything from, you know, conversations on if the merit of, uh, Bitcoin is, you know, if it actually has any merit, anything towards, you know, this blockchain versus that blockchain all the way into interoperability. So it's kind of one of those things where I think, you know, software ate the world. FinTech is now software and then FinTech is eating the world and then crypto and blockchain are just part of that. But I try and separate those two as much as I can, but they just kind of become innately part of conversations every single time like i just finished an interview right now with a um 
somebody that kind of works mostly in the healthcare space. And we spend a ton of time talking about the blockchain just because of the potential for health record storage and things like that. So it just kind of sneaks its way in everywhere, honestly. That's really interesting, actually, how it's going into the healthcare industry. Yeah, yeah. You said more for like ledgers and everything? Uh, so storage, storage of, um, well, there's a lot of different use cases that we kind of dove into. And there's a lot of different use cases still, I think, that people are even uncovering to this day. Um, but yeah, storing of specifically, it's less so about um, HIPAA compliance or anything like that more so about the ability to have like one single point of truth when it comes to a health record, right? So in the same way that like, if you're going to go sign up for this bank account, that bank account, and this Neo bank, you have to go through that whole process three different times and three different companies have your information. It's more so a conversation around this singular point of identity, being able to go out to multiple places and one of those places potentially being healthcare. And part of that is, you know, the right to be forgotten, things along those lines, but also just permissioning and depermissioning your doctor to see your to see this or to see that or depermissioning or repermissioning your, you know, uh, oncologist to see something or whatever it might be. There's all these if then statements that make it really interesting. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. I like that. I'm about to take a listen to that when I get the chance. I'll let you know so, when it comes out. I'll send it to you. Hey, I will be right there waiting. Get the notifications through my Spotify, which you can also find Metallica's live app, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. But <laughs> there we go. Got to plug it in a little bit. But yeah, let's switch gears a little bit. I think that's that's exciting. Um, but let let's switch back to Money Twenty Twenty. I'm and the way we first met. Yeah, it was was really fascinating because. You hosted a networking event on behalf of Money 2020, um, and there it, it Money 2020 calls them world tours. Yep. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Definitely. For for those that don't know. Yeah. So, first off, I mean, the world tours is uh, really, really it it all kind of comes down to us wanting to connect with everyone at the show more than just the four days that we have in Vegas or the, you know, three, four days that we have in Amsterdam, right? That's, that's kind of the, the root of it. The root is just, we see, we want to be part of the ecosystem. We want to be part of the community. We don't want to just be a place where people, you know, come and stop and have a good time and do business four days a year. We want to be kind of involved in the ecosystem, help pushing it forward um, year round. So that the world tours were really kind of a, a push in that direction and us trying to kind of identify the most important cities for us to have a, a presence, most important cities where things are happening in the space and then to go there and put on something, right? We kind of did something different in each city to your point, the, what we did in San Francisco was pretty unique. Um, but we went to, we did New York, we did San Francisco, we did Paris, we did London, we did a bunch more cities that I'm forgetting, Mexico City, Washington, D.C. Um, so we did a bunch of them. Again, different content across, but it's really just kind of like trying to build the ecosystem and trying to help, you know, grow the GDP of fintech over time. I like it. I like it. It was very unique, especially because um, in the San Francisco one, there was a 
I believe there was a Soul Cycle one. Um, yep, I didn't yeah, make we, that one. We kicked it off with Soul Cycle. Oh, you didn't you didn't make it to Soul Cycle in the morning, but you can't drink in the afternoon. No, nah, I'm late. Let's we'll see how it is. Let's see how it is. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, I've been stretching lately, so it's all good. You'll catch me at the next one. All right. Just keep like a just keep like a big old jug of water nearby, because the people in this chat are gonna know that I'm gonna need it. I got you. I got you. Okay. We'll we'll make sure to keep you hydrated. I appreciate that. (laughs) But uh, other other than that, um, there was another event where they had a um, a happy hour event at the Cobb's Comedy Club in North Beach, San Francisco, where um, Money Twenty Twenty, and this was hosted by Zach and um, a couple colleagues as well, where um, they would just pick a name out of the hat. And then um, somebody from that company would go up for, I believe it was like 90 seconds to just sit, just pitch her company and add some humor in it as possible. Yeah, that, and, was, that was basically it, man. That was basically it. I mean, it was you, you actually, I think, won the day. You came up first. You opened, right? You were the first one to get on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually think that you probably, I think Eugene from uh, Channel Meter closed, but he literally just gave his exact pitch. So I don't think he gets to, I don't think he gets to claim anything. You, you actually, I think you, you were the one of the only ones that actually made people laugh. So I think you win. Um, but yeah, it, it was exactly that. It was come up on stage and do a more entertaining version, hopefully funny, which, you know emphasis on hopefully in our industry it's not the you know it's not always the funniest group of people but we are fun hopefully um that you know and just kind of keep the group engaged and then it was myself and yeah so it was like 90 seconds and then it was myself uh shil monat who's a wonderful vc uh and then Emmeline, yeah, it was, and then it was Emmeline yes, yes. Shaw from uh, Flourish Ventures. I had a hard time remembering who the other person was. Um, and then we would just ask questions and, you know, poke and prod. And uh, I think I was definitely a little more, um, I think I poked and prodded with you a little bit more than I did with the others because I could tell that you were going to be able to take it. But yeah, that was it. I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, first before before I drew my name in the hat, I met up with you because I knew that you were the host, and I just wanted to kind of see like, all right, so where did I put my name at? Um, and I honestly wasn't sure that was gonna happen, like get my name called, especially not first. So like, I stuffed the beef Wellington um in my mouth. And I just <laughs> said, all right, it's go time. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. Um, and that ninety seconds really flew by. Um. And I, I pitched um, just metal pay, just metal pay to you. I don't know if you remember that. No, but oh, I no, only I had did, ninety yeah, seconds yeah. for that. Yeah, I mean, I, it all kind of blends together a little bit. But now that I think about it, yeah, you did. It was one specific piece. Yes. Yeah, I was trying to throw in proton and metal blockchain, which was in its infancy at the time. But I would have needed like another three minutes. But <laughs> we're gonna tighten up on that. But. Out of curiosity, were you able to check out Metal Pay after that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Later that evening, I actually did some Googling. I mean, I had heard of it before, um, so I did some Googling more later and just, like, kind of checked in a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I had heard of you all before and um, was was surprised when, like, you got up on stage with such vigor um, that I wasn't sure, like, if the company was even going to be real or not. And then when you said Metal Pay, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is, like, a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I also remember, and um, my CFO, Arena, she actually showed me the video that she took of that event. Because um, you guys asked questions um, afterwards, kind of like in that Shark Tank slash Kill Tony like, right. like show like style. Yep. Um, and I remember you asked me um, a certain question about Metal Pay. And I totally did not answer it properly up until like the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was just like, how do you guys make money? And then I was off to the races. I mean, that's so actually a like, really hard question for a lot of people to answer in our industry. So it's, you know, it, it seems, it seems pedestrian, but it's a convoluted thing a lot of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no, nah, it was just so much fun just having that night and evening. And yeah, there was about five five different companies that went up and um a lot a lot of people just showed uniqueness from what I've noticed um on that stage. And it was just a pleasure just networking with people afterwards and just thinking to myself, this was this was a a, a conference event or a, a lead up to a conference event. I was it was different for me. But it's a little out of the that's ordinary. That, that's a type of yeah. We I mean we okay. try to pr- we pride ourselves on that a little bit. I think you know we at the end of the day indeed. don't want it to feel like anything else. Indeed, indeed. So, is it going to come back to San Francisco? Are, are you able to give us that information? Um, it I believe. Well, <laughs> it's not a matter <laughs> of if I can give it to you. It's a matter of if I remember correctly. I'm 99% sure that it is that we will be back in San Francisco this year for the world tour. I am not a hundred percent sure when I want to say late later, like second, second half of the year. Um, but yeah, I believe we'll be back there. And either way, I know I will be back there. Um, and I want to say March or April, um, just for research and whatnot. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to be trying to get closer to SF in general. Sounds like a plan. Hey, I would love to drop by again, say what's up, and we'll share Beef Wellingtons. I, you know, you say Beef Wellington, and I'm like Beetlejuice. You say it three times, and I just I pop up. I just, I just I'm there. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay just jumps out the window. Exactly. Or jumps out the mirror. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, the, <laughs> oh, he's the Kool-Aid man. He just jumps through the – yeah, exactly. We're on the same page. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Now, do you think it's going to stop or, or like the world tour? Is there going to be like newer places like that, that they haven't really checked out before? Or is that still kind of like in the incubator? So, yeah, we are going to have the dates are not necessarily announced. Well, the dates and the locations are not announced. And I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I can give you some generalities. So we we have announced that we're going to be going to Bangkok. Um, and expanding into Asia in 2024. So we will have a Bangkok show. I don't, I think it's April, um, in 2024. And that was a really big announcement that we made, um, in Vegas last year. So that has resulted in us spending more time in Asia. So I know we're going to have a, one in Singapore at some point. I want to say another, a couple there. Um, and then we'll have a few in Europe just because we have our Amsterdam show and we're trying to kind of build more community there. And then we'll also have a few in the U.S. kind of standard cities. One thing I will say is that we are really wanting to spend a lot of time and based on everything that's happened over the last year, you can probably read between the lines on why. Um, we want to spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C. We really think that as a brand and as a, 
industry, it is really important for us to stay very engaged in DC because of how, I think how much our industry is going to be led by policy and led by regulators that are the policy that is just now getting written and regulators that maybe aren't even installed yet and are just starting to be installed. So uh, we are very focused on that side of things this year and probably will be for, I'd say, a few years, if not in perpetuity. See, that makes sense because a lot of that dialogue is starting to make its way outside the windows of a lot of these um, political institutions. So I think being on the ground and just being right there in that epicenter, I think that's going to be very crucial, especially for what's to come and what we want to come, you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that we, as an industry, have to stay close to it to, you know, mm-hmm. at least have some hope of influencing it. I mean, I think, I think as an industry, we can all agree there's probably some more regulation and probably some policy that makes sense to get developed. And the last thing that we want is a group of people that don't necessarily even understand how Facebook works to try and write, you know, policy for the blockchain. Like that's just not going to be a good, a good recipe for anything positive for the world. So I think it behooves us as an industry to stay as close as we can and not necessarily like lobby or anything like that. I mean, I think lobbying is fine and we should do it in specific situations, but just go and talk and educate, give, give a chance to the regulators and to the policymakers to really understand what's going on. Right. Just open a whole new world up and just, just walk them through it. Just not, not, not like pushing them and nudging them, but it's just letting them know, like, this is what, this is what this can do and how it can benefit a lot of people and just, just bringing out that education and enlightening people in a way that exactly. otherwise had like a, another perception about blockchain web three, or just a lot of other aspects of fintech in general. Exactly. Now, now you, you brought up um, that money 2020 um, is coming to Asia in 2024. I saw that. And it being two years from now, it, it just made me curious, like, how much time does does it take to create and curate content and experiences around these type of conferences and like for just a single year? Yeah. So to your point about uh, to your point about Asia, what I would say is um, the the Asia content team has a really, really hard road ahead. Not an un, you know, meetable road, just like the amount of time that they actually have to build that show and execute it is very difficult. I mean, it's it's a very small amount of time considering what it actually takes to answer your actual question. It's really a 12, 14 month process. Like we started planning for this show, twenty the 2023 show before the 2022 show was even over. So oh, wow. yeah, it's it's a very all-encompassing thing but the hard part about it that a lot of people i think probably don't understand is the like there's the build there's the physical piece but the the content itself like if we're not if we don't have our finger on the pulse of the industry if we're not paying attention if we're not truly engaged in a serious way and actually paying attention to not just the headlines but what's really going on on the ground um then the content fail the content doesn't matter the content isn't interesting the content isn't actually adding value to anyone so we 
spend a lot of time just talking to people, researching and staying as close as we can to different pieces of the industry. Um, so that's, that's a lot of, a lot of what might not seem like work, but is very, very, very much work. So that starts before the show even happens. And then there's like so, so, so much more that goes into the rest of it, but that's a quick version. Makes a lot of sense to me, especially because there's never really a dull moment in finance, fintech as a whole, and things are always changing. Like, I'm curious, how often does do you have to adapt to a lot of these new plans, like such as you have a, a focus on the content for A, and then something happens within the industry, such as I don't want to name names within the crypto industry, but yeah, we had their president. I mean, we had, we had Brett Harrison on the, on stage in October. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a thing, man. He just put out a 49, 49 tweet thread on what he did know and didn't know. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, we have to react quickly and to be honest, we probably would have booked SBF as a keynote for this year in October had we been able to get a hold of them. So yeah, mm-hmm. we we have to move quickly um, and we have to react quickly. And it's really hard because you're taking guesses six months before the show at what's going to be hot at show. And it's very easy to be wrong. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, by any chance, like during Money 2020, um, have you had the chance to stop by the Metallica's booth? You know, I got to say, I did not have time to stop by a single booth, actually, during Money okay. Unless I was running by it to get to another stage, the likelihood that I stopped at anything is very low. So, no, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Okay, I, I let out a little gas, but once you said that you didn't stop at any booth, it made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, it's not you, it's me. I promise. I promise. It's not you, it's me. Here it goes. with the It's not you, it's me talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, well, if you ever need to stop by the Metallica's booth, we have plenty of cold brews. And if you take a sip of those, you will get there a whole lot faster. I do love me a cold brew. I do there we love go. me a cold brew. Hey, we had the Marshall's Malaysian blend, Arena's Indonesian brew. And then we just had cold brew. Yeah. But all of them gave it the same result. And as I was speed walking to the convention center, there's pretty much just a trail of fire in my wake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll stop by this year and make sure I'll give me some cold brew. Hey, I would love that gracefully. We would, We also have coasters. That way you can drop by in our podcast booth. I love it. Okay, you guys have a podcast booth too? There's so, so, much, so much to unpack here. Oh, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So at the Metallica's booth, um, one thing that we wanted to do to step up, uh, just kind of – stand out not just being in front of the entrance where everybody sees us but um our team just had this brilliant idea of not only having a swing set where people can watch um our ceo marshall hayner's um blockchain beach keynote but we also had a podcast booth and um we had a lot of different guests such as um sanjeev who um is the chief and editor of money 2020 and then um, VPs and just other brilliant minds within um, the business ecosystem. And we hosted about 13 different Money 2020 episodes all throughout the three days. 
Wild. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to have to stop by and check that out then. Absolutely. Yeah. We hope to bring it back and it would be great to have you back on there. Um, should you ever have any time within the next um, upcoming convention, like conferences with Money 2020? I am in. You just tell them, well, I mean, you know, I'm a little busy during the show, but for the most part, we plan far enough ahead. I'm in. Hey, we can do that. And there will be plenty of cold brews. We'll get you a t shirt, a hoodie. We'll get it cracking, man. We'll be a blast. Yeah, Let's man. Do it. I'm in. There we go. There we go. Now, so speaking of the money 2020s, even though this has been a majority of the conversation, um, I see that Europe is coming up very soon. Um, I know that you're the US content um content director, but do you ever have to like sometimes jump in into like the other regions to help like curate content? Is that ever a thing? It's a group it's a group endeavor across the board. Um so I would say it's not necessarily that I like have to jump in and help moderate content or anything like that or help choose content. It's more so just a matter of, I mean, we, we as a brand, we as an organization have recently hired a lot of, a lot more kind of expertise in terms of just fintech, right? Just people that come from the space that actually have been either writing about it, building in it, um, whatever anything along those lines so the need for like you know a perspective really only comes in when it's like what's the u.s perspective versus the eu perspective so the shows i mean we all collaborate we work together we share ideas but it's pretty much you know kind of it's siloed a little bit in terms of kind of how that works but i do you know we generally have like the eu content director gina she's going to probably speak and help moderate something at our show I will generally go speak, help moderate something at their show. So, I mean, we're really, we're one big team, um, but we are very separated by geography, just by kind of sheer necessity almost. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. So I've also seen this video um, that you put out leading up to this past year's Money 2020, and it was um, a content-focused video. and. Um, it encapsulated a lot of the focus of what that money 2020 was going to be about. Um, and it sets the expectations of, for those who are arriving to that, that, that conference. Um, did the previous content focus meet the expectations um, leading up to the conference? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, yes. I think there's, it's one of those things where the, everything kind of makes sense in retrospect and or not everything makes sense in retrospect, but you can like tell a story based on hindsight. Right. And I'd say that uh, the story that came together in the show in hindsight was pretty damn close to what we were, what we thought we were kind of trying to put out there. Like the, a lot of the embedded finance being a really, really large kind of piece of the show, specifically embedded finance execution, I'd say it was a really big piece of it, right? Like the 2020 was kind of the year of funding and hype. 21 was kind of the year of the funding and hype kind of settling into people building product. And then 2022, I think was the year of, you know, the embedded hype cycle reaching its point of actually providing utility and, you know, actual execution. Um, so that was that was one really big piece um, that we kind of thought was going to happen. But across the board, I mean, I think I think generally 
the way that the content went was even more i mean there were there were surprises there were there were things that i didn't see coming that happened um and that made me really happy so yeah i think across the board i was very very pleased with how it all went what did you see uh so one one thing that surprised me i mean it didn't it's not necessarily that it surprised me but shocked me as to how it went um so we had the uh, director of the CFPB, Rohit Chopra, come to stage. And we knew he was going to be giving an announcement. We knew he was going to say something of note, um, but we didn't know what. And being in our role in this industry, there's a little bit, I mean, I generally, you know, if I'm putting something on stage or if my team and I are putting something on stage, there's a strong sense of having a good feeling as to why, right? We get thousands of people that apply to get on stage. We have a very strong point of view on what's good, what's bad, yada, yada, yada. So uh, not knowing what someone's going to say, or not knowing what someone's going to say is the wrong way to put it, but not having an idea of what someone's going to say or even what direction they might take it or you know anything along those lines. That is uh, nerve wracking. So especially when it comes to a government official. So luckily, government officials don't tend to say anything too crazy. But basically, in the one morning, it was Tuesday morning, specifically, I remember, um, we knew we would have him up on stage later that day, still didn't know what he was going to say. And then we got an email at like 6 a.m. that morning. And it was like, it says something along the lines of here, here's the director's statement here's you know kind of what we need to upload into the teleprompter um do not share this publicly this is confidential and i because you know it's my job needed to read it figure out what was going on and make sure that it wasn't going to have any other kind of unexpected impacts across the show um so for you know whatever three four hours there i was one of two three people with the rest of my team that had actually had a chance to read the remarks on you know rule 10 1033 and open banking and all you know just a lot of a lot of signaling that is market moving information um that for a couple minutes there we had and no one else did right so it was it's just weird things like that where you just kind of don't think that the government official is going to be the one to come to stage and drop an absolute bomb that moves the industry in a significant way. But then it happens. And directly after that, Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and Jay Ramaswamy, the chief legal officer for uh, A16Z, got on stage. And I think there was a bigger crowd for Rohit going up and delivering the remarks than there was for two of the greatest minds that we have in finance today directly after. So that was that was one that surprised me. Sheesh. Talk yeah. about shaking things up, but I don't know if they wanted that that way, but hey, wow. Well, you made it through it. You made it through that. Um, out of curiosity. Looking into 2023, do you have three predictions for the industry, um, specifically the blockchain Web3 industry over the next year? Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Let's think. Um, so one, I would say his policy will move strongly in the direction of 
more regulation. Like there's just going to be more regulation around the world of blockchain, around the world of international remittances, I think, as a result of some of it. Just more regulation in general and shifting regulation. Just more of a focus on regulation. Regulation, regulation, regulation. That's one. Two, I would say that I think that this FTX situation is going to lead to some steer it's going to lead to two things. One is going to lead to serious signaling on behalf of the United States federal government, I think, in terms of making it clear that what happened there was not acceptable. So I'd be, you know, willing to bet that there's going to be some more legal fallout with a lot of that. Um, the other thing that I think that's going to do is in not as a part of the regulatory side of things, but just as a part of like private company life, I think it's going to result in a lot more auditing, a lot more just, okay, you said you're this now prove it to me. I think it's going to be the year of prove it in a very, very significant way. And then I think the other thing is that we're going to start to see a lot of the fallout of the not quite making it holding on by the, you know, holding on for dear life kind of companies. I think there's a lot of groups in FinTech that are on the verge of not existing anymore. And I think that you can kind of go out kicking and screaming, or you can go out a little smoother. And I don't think that there's necessarily a right or a wrong way. Like if you go out kicking and screaming and you can pull it back together and stay alive, more power to you. But I think in financial services specifically, we have a higher burden for how we fail as an industry. So if you're a fintech company or if you're ancillary to finance and you're holding customer deposits, I think that it really behooves us as an industry to take a very a very mature stance on how we go about returning that money to consumers about how we handle the wind down all of that because i think we're coming to grips with the fact that fintech is not regulated as the way the banking industry is so that is going to have significant impacts when the if a bank fails the fdic would come in and help unwind and make sure there's not a run and you know make sure that everything is kind of okay the next day right that doesn't quite exist in fintech so i hope that we're gonna have good wind downs i hope that we fail gracefully uh for the companies that do fail over the next year but i think that we're gonna see probably some more some more um kicking and screaming kind of blow-ups from companies that don't see the writing on the wall and are just going to try and go a little bit too far so i think I think it's just a big, it's a big year of us growing up as an industry. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Zach, do you gotta, you want to plug in the podcast real quick before we head it off? Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just for FinTech's sake. Uh, you can find it on um, Spotify, Apple, wherever you take in your podcast for fintechsake.com. Um, and then, yeah, tickets for Money 2020 Vegas are open. Uh, call for content or call for speakers is open for Money 2020 Europe. And then, uh, yeah, Money 2020 Amps or uh, sorry, Bangkok is going to be happening in 2024. That's a lot of 2020s. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Love it. Appreciate Love you it. having me. Thank you. Thank you for hopping on. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk and share a few laughs with you again, man. It's been a while.
It has. It has. Got to do this more often. Hey, likewise, likewise. And hopefully we got some in the pipeline. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all so much for taking time out of your day to hop back on with Metallicus Live. Everybody that's listening in right now, we are live from Twitter Spaces. And then afterwards, we will be available on all podcasting platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts. That includes Spotify. That includes Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where you can find a lot of our old conversations with our Money 2020 conversations throughout that past week. Um, I've been your host, Eric Lyons. It's been an absolute pleasure. Zach Anderson Patet. Thank you all. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Metallicus Live with Zach Anderson Pettet and Chris Miller. Recorded on Friday, January 27th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Well, we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two, help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men, listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then, talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Terror spaces.